We thank you for our sister Jean. We thank you for all the preparation, for all the listening, for all the wisdom that um, is within her. And we pray now for the anointing of your spirit to guide her works as she preaches now. In your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Morning, everyone. Good, good, good morning. It's good to see you all. So, this is the third in our new series on discipleship, learning to live like Jesus. And if you've been... Oh, it's snowing. Sorry. <laughs> that was a surprise. It's only little. It won't last. If you've been here for the last couple of weeks, you'll know that we've been looking at the power buttons on something like a CD player. And we're using them to help recognize following discipleship. So if we use the play symbol, reminds us of three things. To connect our lives up to God... In reminds us that changes will need to take place in our lives and in our characters. And out reminds us that discipleship is all about spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. We're continuing to look at this up button at the moment, connecting to God. This time it's the stop button. Stopping. Stopping to listen what God has to say through his word. Over the centuries, many, many famous people have spoken of the importance of the Bible. Charles Dickens said, The New Testament is the very best book that ever was or ever will be known in the world. Queen Victoria, that book accounts for the supremacy of England. Says it all, doesn't it? Abraham Lincoln, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. Martin Luther, the Bible is alive, it speaks to me, it has feet, it runs after me, it has hands, it lays hold on me. And David Suchet, famous for his portrayal of Poirot, in the New Testament I suddenly discovered the way that life should be followed. And most importantly of all, Jesus himself believed the scriptures. Of course, he had the Old Testament when he was alive. He quoted from them many times and used them to sustain himself. The Bible was written over a period of 1,500 years by at least 40 authors, including kings, scholars, philosophers, fishermen, poets, statesmen, historians, and a doctor. But all were inspired by the one Holy Spirit, revealing a unity of thought that runs throughout the whole Bible. So today we're going to give look at four headings that you can see up there with this stop button logo using the word word, W-O-R-D. W stands for what does it say? O stands for what's the original meaning. R is for what does it reveal about God or myself. And D is for we're going to do something about it, what you've read. So W, the word, what does it say? Well, reading the Bible starts with wanting to hear what God wants to say to you. One of the key aspects of the lives of the early Christians in Acts was they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. 
And the apostles taught these new young Christians about the life of Jesus, the things he'd said, all his miracles, his amazing sacrificial love, and how his life linked in with the Old Testament prophecies about him, which were fulfilled in Jesus. And every word was precious to them. Every word was something to be savoured and pondered on. So a mark of a disciple today is someone who has a love and hunger for the truth of God's word found in the Bible. 2 Timothy 3, Paul writing to Timothy says, All scripture, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm sure it means the woman of God as well. It teaches us about God and his love for us and how we can respond to him and have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. The Bible teaches us how to relate to other people. It's a love letter from God. And we learn things about God because he speaks to us through the words of the Bible. And then we can apply what we learn into our own lives. So as we start to read a passage of scripture, we could start by asking ourselves, what is it saying? And especially ask the Holy Spirit for revelation and understanding. And then O for the original meaning. The Bible gives us a wonderful, unique perspective on the universe, that it is God-made and God-given. God's words in the beginning of Genesis 1, God said, and it happened. Every time God speaks, there is power in his word, and things happen as a result. The Bible is primarily about God, but he draws us in to his story. He wants to include us in his story. He wants to speak to you and to me. And the focus of Genesis 1 is about God's creation of this beautiful earth. And the focus in the rest of the Bible widens out to portray men and women as the pinnacle of God's creation and the object of his great love and salvation. We learn that human beings are not just a chance and feeble speck, appearing as a brief and fleeting species in the clock of the universe. We are the summit of God's creation and the key to his purposes. So, once we've read a passage through, we can ask ourselves what would it have meant to people at the time it was written? Who was the audience? What was the setting? What was going on at that time? And to help understand a passage's meaning, it's good to use other translations of the Bible or paraphrases like the message, which is excellent for helping us to understand. And it's good to have a Bible with references down the middle so that you can look at one verse and see where it relates to other verses, both backwards in the Bible and forwards further on into the Bible. And it's good to have a Bible with a concordance or have a separate concordance, which helps us to give more information and helps us to understand a different, a particular scripture that we're looking up. And then we can use scripture 
to check scripture. And if we still don't understand a passage that we've read, we can apply the 2020 rule, which means try reading 20 verses before the passage that you're looking at and 20 verses after. In other words, look at scripture in context. And then perhaps imagine yourself among the people to whom that word was first given. Are you perhaps in the crowd listening to one of Jesus's parables? How would you feel with others jostling about you and then the quietness that comes when Jesus starts speaking? How would you feel? What would your thoughts be? So what did it mean originally? And then what does it reveal about God or myself? Our Bible is unique. It is the most important of all ancient literary works. There are far more ancient manuscripts of the New Testament known today than any of the other ancient books, including the ancient Greek and Latin classics. The Guinness Book of Records states the Bible is the best-selling and the most widely distributed book in the whole world. Recent estimates estimate the number at five billion. And just as a car manual helps you run your car, so the Bible is a manual for life. It helps us conduct our day-to-day living, giving us guidelines on relationships, on family life, on bringing up children, caring for elderly relatives. It gives us a moral framework, a positive work ethic. It teaches us how to relate to others in attitudes that include forgiving and helping and showing mercy. It also teaches us how not to make the mistakes that other people have made. Above all, it reveals God's plan right from Genesis through to revelation of his salvation plan for each one of us through Jesus Christ. It teaches us about his death, his resurrection, and above all, his coming again in glory. Remember, as Adele said at the beginning, we are using something which is alive and powerful. Our passage from Hebrews tells us that it is active. It's alive and dynamic as it works in us. In fact, our passage has several words which imply action, active, dividing, penetrating, judging, and sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. So what does it reveal about God or about myself? With the incisiveness of a surgeon's knife, God's word reveals who we are and what we are not. It penetrates the core of our moral and spiritual life. It discerns what is within us, both good and evil. Nothing can be hidden from God, and everything is open to his all-seeing eyes. And even when we are unaware of his presence, he is there. Yet how comforting to know that although God knows us intimately, the good, the bad, and the ugly, he still loves us. So, when we read a passage of scripture, ask ourselves, what is the passage showing me about the nature of God, his character, his actions, his love? But what is it showing about me in my life, my own needs? What truth is it revealing? What areas is it challenging 
or it's exposing. The scriptures are so wide and all-embracing that one minute we can use them as a sword. We come that in Ephesians 6 tells us to use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we can use the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, to cut away fears and sickness and sin and unbelief, holds from the past and to fight the attacks of the enemy. Psalm 118, verse 10 to 14 says, All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I cut them off. The next moment we can use the Bible as a balm to bring comfort. There's a little verse in Jeremiah 8 which talks about the balm of Gilead. Or we can pray in the peace of the Lord using a verse like 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. And how good it is to make a note of those verses which mean something to you, where God speaks to you. And sometimes he'll speak a word one day and then another, a year or so later maybe, that same passage, he'll highlight something else because it's alive and relevant to every day, not just years and years ago. And D for do. So perhaps we read a few verses of our Bible at home, but now what are you going to do with what you've read? Are there any decisions you need to make or actions you need to take? How does the truth of what you've read apply in your daily life? And how can you keep reminding yourself about that word? Or perhaps we've heard the Bible in church. Maybe go home after a service and think, oh, I don't agree with that. That doesn't sound very good. So do we then make a real effort to check the Bible out for ourselves, to see whatever has been said is right? And perhaps there are verses we don't understand, so maybe we can look up a, a, a concordance or look it up online somehow. Or maybe there are verses which come a bit too close for comfort in our comfort zone. Remember, God is using this life with all its struggles and its joys, its ups and its downs, to transform us into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. Allowing God's word to be active in our lives is part of that process of transformation, part of the process of becoming a disciple of Jesus. When we read the scriptures, it puts us in a listening mode. The verses we help that we read help us to wait upon God. They help us to be in tune with his thinking. For instance, what does he want prayed for and how does he want them prayed? So the Bible gives us a wonderfully strong foundation to pray for others from. We can actively use God's very words to pray for other people Perhaps for those who are unsure of their salvation, like 2 Corinthians 5, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Or for someone who's sad and lacks joy, Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted. Or for praying against arguments, and we can use a lovely verse in Proverbs 16, pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. 
And another one from Proverbs is powerful against any curse. Proverbs 26.2 Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. I was just reminded of a friend of Tanya's years and years ago who had, was going for a job interview and he had terrible warts on his hands and he thought they looked so ugly going to this interview. And I had just come across that verse and I shared it with his mum and they used it to pray over him and within three days those warts had gone because he saw it as a curse and he didn't deserve it, it wasn't right. And God healed him, and he went for that job, free from those ugly walls. Praise the Lord. It's a very powerful verse. And if you feel you or anyone else is under spiritual attack, Psalm 8, verse 2, you have ordained praise to silence the foe and the avenger. Praise silences what the enemy is trying to do in us, trying to undermine us. These are but a small selection of verses which I have used over the years in prayers for myself and for other people. And that is surely the key to this topic today, that we make God's word real and relevant to our own individual lives. That we take ownership of these verses and allow them to work in us and for us. That we allow verses to direct and redirect our thinking, change our patterns of behaviour, keep our thoughts on the Lord and transform us into God's likeness. That we use particular verses to build up our relationship with him and use them to powerfully pray for other people. Sometimes on a Wednesday night at the prayer meeting here, there's one particular person who comes who always uses scripture in her prayers. And it's just a joy because you know, she knows her scriptures and she uses them powerfully in praying. So what are you reading in the Bible at the moment, may I ask? Are you reading it at random, just opening it up at any old page? God can still speak through through it. Or are you using Bible notes to guide you and help you? And it's so easy nowadays to download from the internet different versions of the Bible and different Bible notes onto your iPad, your computer or your phone. So what has God said to you recently from his word? And how are you going to use a verse or even a few words to use and do something in your life? So God's word, what does it say? What's the original meaning? What does it reveal about God or myself? And what does it do? What can we do? The rest of those verses in Hebrews go on to say that God can be trusted and how Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses. He understands the difficulties we have in resisting temptation. Yet, As the sinless Lamb of God, Jesus took away our sin so that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence and receive mercy and grace to help us in our times of need. Jesus, the Word of God made flesh, as we read in John's Gospel, and the Bible, 
the written word of God, actively working deep in our lives to grow us into being disciples of God. Thank the Lord we have both. Amen.